It's another three things episode. Welcome to the Sick Palette Podcast. I am your host. I'm a pop-up chef. I'm a supper club chef. I'm a digital and TV media personality. I live in Austin, Texas. Deepa Shreeder is my name. That was said really weirdly. I'm trying to like get better at explaining who I am because I feel like we're getting new listeners, by the way, welcome. Uh, New followers, by the way, also welcome. New subscribers, hey, welcome. Um, I I really need to say that efficiently. We're working on it. We're we're a work in progress here at Sick Palette. Uh, three things, meaning that this is one of those episodes where we have three different topics, three different segments. Um, and today we're going to try and do it rapid fire while still bringing the heat. Okay, let's get into it, y'all. First topic. First topic, um, it's a little bit of a, a tin foil theory, meaning I think I'm right. I think, and in fact, there's an overall theme within the three things we're discussing. Um, the first one is, is a theory of mine, but I, I think it's actually a pretty good one. Uh, and, and we finally get to like actual news by the third topic. A little bit of an evolution, I would say. So what I want to first talk about is something that I've been seeing on social media, which is a lot of onion-heavy content. Let me explain. Um, I, as, as sort of my, my business and my algorithm can attest to, I get a lot of food content if I'm exploring on Instagram, right? And... My Explore page, uh, it's great, right? Because I, I feel like I, I can kind of see what people are cooking, what's quote-unquote trending. It's a, it's an easy visual way of, of seeing a whole lot of food content from different creators. Um, and you can typically see a trend, right? It's the virality of TikTok, Um, and that's how we kept getting all of those very boring recipes of like feta in the middle of a pan with like tomatoes and people being like, wow, do you know that if you bake it, it's a thing? And you're like, "Uh uh-huh. Thank you. Um, very like smooth brain soothing, I find, but a lot of onion content, a lot of onion content, a lot of onion pasta content. And here's my, here's my theory. And it has to do with food inflation. I feel like we are getting a whole lot of onion pastas. We are getting a whole lot of stuffed onion recipes. Um, in a way that I have never seen before due to the price of food. Generally speaking, I am getting far more vegetarian recipes um, that have to do with a huge emphasis on aromatics like I've never seen before. And my question is, 
is this just sort of intuitive, right? Because I, I can assume that most content creators don't have a huge budget. Um, going to the grocery store right now, currently, uh, with inflation is, is really um, a time where you have to make a lot of choices. It's not a time where everyone gets what everyone wants. And so I wonder if onions are one of those things that are deeply economical, hold a lot of flavor. And, and listen, this is not a complaint. I, I feel like as a society, um, we should unabashedly be cooking with garlic and onion. And I feel like there, there's been a lot of like, I, I grew up in that early 2000s rom-com teen movie era where like I knew like within the zeitgeist it was not a good thing to like have um, onion garlic breath quote-unquote by the way I really don't think it's that big of a deal I don't think it's that big of a problem you know I, I, I don't know what, what that is. I, I'm telling you, like, I've never gotten any complaints. Um, I, I cook unabashedly with both of those things. Uh, and uh, it's, it's never been an issue. I'll say that. Never been an issue. That, that, that can be my calling card. That can be on the apps. Deepa Shreeder says, cooking with onion and garlic. Never been an issue for her. Point of pride. Um, so, so it is really kind of refreshing seeing the amount of content on it. What isn't refreshing is what it's talking, what, what it's saying about our food uh, prices, uh, our food economics in this country. That is just a theory of mine. Let me know, guys. It, you know, comment either on the post, email me, DM me, do what you need to do. You know, but let me know if if this is something you've been seeing in your algorithm. I would be really interested to know if this is um, kind of seen throughout the board, or if or if this is just the algorithm just inherently knows. Like, hey, she is down for an onion recipe. I don't know if I could, I, I, I've seen a whole lot of stuffed onions. I don't know why. I don't know why for me, I'm like, hmm, is this the bridge too far? But give me more onion pastas. Love to see it, guys. Love it. Okay. That was topic number one. A theory of mine. Let's get into thing number two. We're going to continue on the train of talking about uh, the economics of the food industry, but in a, in a different capacity than we were talking about that first topic, and that is food media. Which, listen, don't we love to talk about food media on this podcast? Yes, we do. Uh, what I want to talk about, though, is the fact that right now, this is in journalism, period. The the writer content sector 
<laughs> I'm really liking an or, anchor, sector. I don't know why. It's just like oratorily. Ooh, uh, working for me right now. Um, I am talking about the massive layoffs happening currently in real time of places like Vice. Uh, was it, was it Google, Google media? Um, I might, I might be mixing that up with somebody else, but right now we are watching a whole lot of, um, very popular, uh, sites, especially for young independent writers to be able to have a platform, massive layoffs, shutting it down, um, and, and really ch- quickly changing the landscape of how, how we are going to be able to get our information uh, in the future. And I get this question a lot. I get this a lot in my DMs especially. What that is changing is if you don't have places that you're able to pitch and I'm not talking about pitching just to Bon Appetit and Food and Wine. Those are juggernauts, right? Those, uh, those two publications, um, they, are, they are a lot bigger than a lot of what is happening right now as far as layoffs go. Doesn't mean, you know, knock on wood, but that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, that couldn't happen, but... We are seeing slightly smaller, huge platforms, but slightly smaller platforms uh, really, really (laughs) reassess their business models, should we say. And what's happening is um, people are kind of sort of understanding why they should invest in their own platforms. I, I talk about this a lot. I've talked a lot about this, especially with chefs. Obviously, I'm a chef, so uh, that makes a lot of sense. I'll have a lot of chefs in my DMs asking me, hey, uh, I'm not a writer. I'm not this. I'm not that. But should I start a Substack?" I tell every single person who feels like half an inkling if they should start either a Patreon or Substack, whatever it is, something that they're able to grow their own platform. It is humbling, by the way. I get it. It's a scary thing to do, right? Because there are weeks where maybe you won't gain followers or maybe you're losing followers as you find your voice happens, by the way, happens to the best of us at all times. Uh, you know, I gain a lot and then, you know, I'll, I'll lose subscribers per week. That is the nature of building your own platform. So be able to take that on the chin, number one. Number two, if you have an inkling that you have something to say, invest in yourself. Invest in yourself. Because I think what we're learning in real time, uh, at what I feel like tech has already learned, uh, learned their lessons is, um, I think as creatives, we feel really, really... Um, a big, a big like kind of tug of loyalty to publications um, that have showcased us or that have employed us. And I think at the end of the day, we are learning even as creatives. The bottom line is the bottom line. 
And I am not saying that the bottom line is correct. No. I think a lot of times, uh, whatever the algorithm thinks or whatever um, people, people use as metrics for why they should uh, keep creative or why they shouldn't is deeply flawed and biased. Absolutely. But that doesn't matter because at the end of the day, the bottom line is still bottom lining. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, you could still immediately lose your ability to reach a whole lot of people. If you're a food writer, if you are um, a creative and you should still pitch, but it would also probably behoove you to have your own platform, to be able to drive your own content. It's important because I don't know when we're going to see the end of it. So while you still feel like you're able to, you know, have hope in this industry, go ahead and get you a Substack. Go ahead and get you a Patreon. I'm not making my my own. This is this is a very selfless <laughs> plea because I'll tell you what: the more people that get a Substack, the more I'm like, hmm, they're gonna have to pick whether to subscribe to me or them. That's the truth. That's the name of the game, right? This is competitive capitalism here. But altruistically, if you are a creative and if you are thinking a restaurant group, a publication is going to feel any sort of loyalty to you I think even the best of them try, try as they might. But at the end of the day, you are expendable. And if you are able to build your own audience, that is a very, very, very powerful thing to do. Keep pitching to the publications, but go ahead and register your Substack. That's that's my two cents. Chefs, writers, whoever, get into it. You'll find a way. You're not a writer? Scream into your phone. Make a podcast. Make a video. Okay, Austin, Texas. Y'all know what time it is. Oh, God, it's such a glorious time. It's when we're hitting, we're hitting right around 3 p.m., 4 p.m. We're getting mid-80s. Oh, it's gorgeous. Um, but we are at the end of February throughout until mid-April is crawfish season. It's a very important time here in Austin, Texas, because we love crawfish and we love crawfish boils. However, especially, uh, if you live in the South, um, this is, this is a very challenging year. For crawfish because of climate change. Uh, I read one article. I will try to post that article. I think it was a Houston article, but it was talking about the price of crawfish has jumped 300%. Remember we were talking about inflation? Who boy, 
and this is this is because of climate change. This is uh, a direct result of what we're doing to this planet, and um, there are places here in town that are just opting out. They're not going to do crawfish. Um, there are limited resources, and um, that's that's really kind of crazy when you think about the economics of a city, right? A city like Louise, a city, a city like Louisiana. <laughs> that's a state. I know y'all don't scream at me. A city like New Orleans, comma, Louisiana, uh, you know, Austin, as I've mentioned, Houston, for sure. Um, this is the time in this particular region where tourism is up, right? We have South by Southwest, usually, usually filled with crawfish boils. Um, we have all of April. Literally, you cannot throw a stone and not see a sign for crawfish. Like, it's, it's everywhere, typically. Um, that's, that's just par for the course. And it is really, really interesting to see that that's not the case. And one of the reasons, obviously, the number one being it's delicious. It's a great tradition that we have here in the South. But the other reason why you see bars and restaurants really invest in crawfish boils during this time is because you have huge crowds come out for it. It is 100% a thing that you know is going to make your outdoor bar here in Austin, Texas, make a whole lot of money that day. A whole lot of money. So what does that mean that within a season, that completely changes? Listen, we don't need a lot of reasons here in Austin, if the weather is good, uh, not to overcrowd the city. But this, this is an economic boost for the South. And when you don't have crawfish during crawfish season, that's a problem. But this is the very, very, very real need for us to also, first off, definitely do something about climate change. But also, as a culture, it is funny to me when we try to stick to food traditions because the world is changing. Whether or not your idea of how you eat or how you live um, follows, it doesn't matter. The world is changing. The world is changing. Environmentally, culturally, politically, the world is changing. And if you don't keep up or if you're not able to understand what's going on, then your inability to adapt in a very real time, is going to, to produce a loss in some capacity. So it's great to have food traditions, right? It really is. It's, it's a great way to touchstone like who you are and where you are in this timeline of humanity. But also at the same time, we, we got to start thinking. 
How do we produce the deliciousness that comes from crawfish? And how do we change that? How do we change that for either March, which is right here? I don't know. I'm just saying, like today. Today I had some crab-seasoned potato chips. Didn't have an ounce of crab in it, by the way. Nary a crab uh, in that seasoning. Uh, but I, I think it's like, a, it's like a New England thing, right? Crab chips. Y'all let me know. I'm sure you will. Um, but 100%, that chip, I was like, okay, definitely, it's, it's crab. It's crab. But it, it had all the usual suspects of like, uh, you know, Old Bay meat spice. And I, and I was eating those chips while I was reading about crawfish. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what that means, right? But we've, we've got to figure out crawfish season moving forward. And how do we keep that going? You know, for me, why I love seafood curries, especially South Indian seafood curries, is that, um, yes, there is fish in it. Uh, there's, you know, shellfish in it, but it's, it's also the gravy of it that's so delicious. And having like a, a strongly made stock with less seafood, but enough to accentuate it is, is, I don't know, there's something there. You know what I'm saying? Because we're all going to have to do our part. We're all going to have to do our part on how we rethink seafood in the next 20 years. And we're all going to have to figure out how do we get the most amount of nutrients from the things we like to eat with a lesser amount. It is a harsh reality, but that is why... Um, Climate change is a very real, tangible issue. We got to evolve with the way we've trashed the planet. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Crawfish chips. I just, y'all know I love chips. I'm about it. I want chips one way or another. I think that's it for the podcast this week. Oh my gosh, there is so much content coming. Uh, to the Substack, I am so excited, um, but also very scared for my days, <laughs> my, the hours. Um, and I know I am getting a lot of this question, and I promise I will be able to answer it soon. Pop-ups, they're coming. They're, and the type and style of events that are coming this year, I cannot wait to talk more and more about that. Um, and when you are a Substack subscriber, you get to hear about the events. You get to sign up early for all events that I am doing. So just, just know that by subscribing to Sick Palette, uh, you get early access to news that you could use. Did I already say that? This I feel like I've been saying that too much. I feel it. Um, coming up on the Substack, we have... Episode two of Sip Sip Palette coming up. 
Um, I've got a newsletter coming hopefully next week. It might be the week after, depending depending on, on how all the content's going. A, a couple new interviews that I'm really excited. Wow, you guys really, really, really came out for the Jewels uh, interview. I was very, very excited to see how many people listened to that episode. If you haven't, go ahead and um, listen to that interview with Jules Stoddart. And um, as, as usual, if you are wondering, if you want to subscribe to this podcast as a paid subscriber, you can do a free trial. You can do a free trial for a week, see how it fits. You like how it fits, keep it going, you know what I mean? $30 an, a year, $30 a year, or $5 a month, obviously, one, uh, <laughs> one price is <laughs> a little bit more economical than the other. And if either of those price points don't work for you, you can always talk to me and uh, we can figure something out. Uh, But I will talk to y'all next week. Goodbye.